0: Today we answer your questions about the Islanders and how they can improve their situation. We also have our weekly farm report and a complete preview of tonight's game at UBS Arena against the Edmonton Oilers. All that and a lot more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Versailles tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky Nelson. Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the midweek edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We have got plenty to discuss on today's show. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future show, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss Whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at vs N Y R V S N Y I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I am also live tweeting during nearly every Islander's home and road game. So join me for instant insight and analysis as the games are going on. And uh I'll tell you, it's great to talk to Islander fans on Twitter, and uh, whether it's game time or anytime, so please do reach out, and it's always good to hear from you. We're going to start this episode with a couple of mailbag questions, but we've got a lot to get to because we have our weekly farm report on all things Bridgeport, and of course, uh, we want to preview tonight's game. But here's the first one. Uh, this one basically is Matt from Massapequa, and Matt basically says, hope you're well, man, I don't know anymore. For a win, what a frustrating game, and he's referring to the win over the Maple Leafs on Monday. Uh, That was the definition of a steal. I can't understand how we are constantly so out of position. Team has been together for years, and we never seem to know where someone will be. With how they've gotten the wins that they have, imagine if this team actually played well. Lane seems to switch the lines up a lot. Do you see that being somewhat problematic with guys interchanging so much? Well, Matt, first of all, thank you for the email. And I'll tell you this, and I did touch on that uh, a little bit uh, last week, but I wanted to bring it up again. I do think it is a bit of an issue that both the defense combinations and the line combinations are changing a lot early in this season. I think that in in some ways that is making a little less chemistry for some of these players. But here's the other point I have. I think in the long run it could be better for the team because... Other than the identity line, which if they stay healthy, I'm reasonably sure they will be together probably you know all year. But when you have the other nine forwards and everybody gets some time to play with everybody else, yeah, it may be problematic early. You may have a, a little less chemistry early. But in the long run, I think we're talking about a situation where if somebody gets hurt, if somebody is slumping, it becomes easier to juggle your lines, to make adjustments. And then eventually, all of the other nine or ten forwards, if you include Ross Johnston right now uh, in the lineup, all of them will be more comfortable in the long run playing with each other. So right now, it may hinder the team a little bit, but in the long run, I think it will benefit them. But, and the fact I'll take it a step further, that they're still winning games right now, even though they're going through this, Uh, bodes well, because if they do get more comfortable, we're in a very, very good situation. Uh, So thank you for the email. Next one comes from our friend Ken in Minnesota. We've heard from him. You know, Gil, Anthony Bevilier is so weak on the puck. It is making me sick. Speed is one thing, and I'm not debating that he has speed, but you've got to transition that speed into something. If you can't hold on to the puck when you get into the offensive zone, then what good is it? He loses the puck an insane amount of times entering the zone, doesn't get shots, is kept to the perimeter when he's skating in. He's just playing ineffective way too much. He's become more of a detriment than an asset. I don't know what else to say. I'm so frustrated with his lack of production, Ken, in Minnesota. And in fairness to Ken, I got this... Uh, email before Bo scored the game-winning goal Monday night in Toronto in overtime. And I don't think it's a problem because, quite honestly, uh, Ken, I I don't disagree with you as far as Anthony Bevilier. 19 games, 4 goals, 8 points. So Bo is on about a, you know, 16-goal, 34 points. 33-34 point season. And that is not what you want from someone who is seeing some time in your top six. Uh, One way or the other, the Islanders need more from Anthony Bevilier. And I'm hoping, although I'm not overly optimistic, but I'm hoping that we see a little more confidence from Bo and a little more production from Bo. He is averaging... Two shots on goal a game right now. 38 shots in 19 games is dead on, spot on. Uh, two shots on goal per game. He is seventh on the team in shots on goal. Sixth among forwards is Noah Dobson. is second overall in shots on goal. He is ahead of J.G. Pajot. He is uh, ahead of Josh Bailey. Ahead of Sazikas Martin and Clutterbuck, but Bo does need to get a little stronger. He does need to be more consistent. You know, we have seen Bo do well in the playoffs a couple of years back, three years back. He stepped his game up. The thing we haven't seen from him is the consistency. And, you know, you're getting to the point with Anthony Bevilier right now where, you know, he is really not young anymore he's 25 years old which for a hockey player you know at this point you got to figure Bo is what Bo is going to be and I would say as we head closer to the trade deadline uh which is still you know two three months away but if you can deal Anthony Bevilier and or Josh Bailey the two heroes of Monday night's game but if you can deal either one of them and maybe you have to deal both of them because you may need to deal Bo to get someone to take Bales' salary. But if you can do it, do it. Because this team, I, I, I still, I think Bo, Bavillier has value still because of his relatively young age and his speed and some of the flashes he's shown. But if he can't start to do it consistently soon, trade him before his trade value starts to drop So I I agree with you, Ken, although last night's goal, game-winning goal was certainly encouraging, but they need more consistency from Anthony Bevilier, and hopefully they will get it. We have got more to get to on today's show. We have got our uh, weekly farm report as we talk all things Bridgeport Islanders. We'll preview tonight's game against the Edmonton Oilers, and we have our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that and a whole lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders Podcast. our next po- Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 because I'm not a great pill taker, and I wanted to get complete nutrition without having to take a whole bunch of pills every day. And look... What is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all these things. And it's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, No nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. For your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Time now for our weekly farm report, and it was a busy day, a busy week, rather, for the Bridgeport Islanders. Three games, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, didn't get off to a great start Friday they lost their game to the Charlotte Checkers 4 to 1 got behind early uh 2 to nothing but basically wasn't weren't able to come back Hudson Fashing had the only goal Jakub Skarick made only 14 saves Islanders outshot the Checkers 39 to 18 but you know when you fall behind 27 seconds into the game That's not the kind of start that you want. But, thankfully, Bridgeport did bounce back. And they bounced back in style Saturday, taking on the Wilkes-Bar Scranton Penguins. And the Islanders end up with a 4-2 win. William Dufour, Otto Coivola, and Parker Wutherspoon, each with one goal and one assist in that win. Kyle McLean had his third goal of the year, That broke a 2-2 tie, and the Islanders got back into the winning column. Corey Schneider continues to play well. 30 saves. He is now 6-1-1 on the season, and it was great to see the Islanders get back into the win column. Then, on Sunday, last Sunday, the Islanders hosting the Providence Bruins, and this one went into overtime, and the Islanders win it. Who gets the game-winning goal? Atu Ratu, everybody's favorite prospect, and that was a big win over a tough opponent. Skarik, in goal, made 43 saves, and that was huge. Dufour and Eric Brown each getting goals. It was a come-from-behind win, their second in as many nights, and... Just a great play. And who set up Ratu for the goal? The game winner? William Dufour. So great to see the Islanders uh, coming up big in that respect. Now we look at the team's leading scorers. Ruslan Ishkakov still first place, 14 points in 14 games. Four of them goals. But next, tied for the team lead in points, defenseman Samuel Baldock. He may very well be someone they might want to call up at some point, especially if you want to get uh, Robin Sallow some actual work. To me, the worst thing the Islanders can do with Robin Sallow is have him be the seventh defenseman and not play at all. He doesn't develop that way, so maybe you call up Bolduc, maybe you get Sallow into some games, but right now Bolduc playing very well. Team lead in goals, well, three players tied with six. That's Andy Andreoff, Hudson Fashing, and William Dufour. Dufour, six goals, eight points in 14 games. Ratu, three goals, seven points in 15 games. Uh, So there, and Simon Holmstrom, three goals, five points in 15 games. But overall, that's, that's where we stand. The goaltenders, by the way, Corey Schneider, 6-1-1 on the year, a 2-3-3 goals against average and a 923 save percentage. Jakob Scarak now 3-2-2, a 3-4-2 goals against average, and an 895 save percentage. So uh hopefully we see a little bit more uh improvement, and we do seem to be uh seeing improvement from Jakob Scarra uh, uh, and Again, the Islanders right now technically uh, in second place in the Atlantic Division, but Providence Bruins, who they beat on Sunday, they're in first place. The Charlotte Checkers, who they played on uh, Friday, are right behind them with a 688-point percentage. The Islanders with a 700-point percentage, so that's looking good. And if we look ahead to the schedule this week, uh, tonight... A home game for the Bridgeport Islanders. They're hosting the Hartford Wolf Pack at 7 o'clock Eastern time. Then Friday, they travel to Rochester to take on the Americans at 7.05. And then a home game Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock against the Springfield Thunderbirds. So those are the three games on tap this week for the Bridgeport Islanders. And you may want to head over to Bridgeport and check those players out as we have you know, the, the the future Islanders players and prospects playing there, and you could see them today rather than waiting for them to come up to the island. Tonight, the New York Islanders taking on the Edmonton Oilers, and the Oilers are a challenge. They are one of the better offensive teams in the league. They're sixth in the league in goals for second in the league on the power play. Their problem, goaltending and defense, and it's been that way for a long time. Uh, they're 27th in goals against, and the penalty kill is 28th in the league, so they're vulnerable there. The goaltending, uh, Jack Campbell, who was brought in to be the starter, he struggled. He is 6-4, but a 4-2-7 goals against average and an 8.73 save percentage, that's not going to get it done. Uh, Stuart Skinner faring better, a 2-7-8 goals against average, a 9.21 save percentage. But they don't score as much for him, and they are 4-5 in front of him. Now, Skinner played against the Devils uh, in the last game for Edmonton, which was on Monday night. And right now, you know, the Oilers are in sort of a win-one-lose-one kind of a swing, and it's been that way all year. In 19 games, they are 10-9. and 9. I don't have to tell you about the talent on this team. They have four players who have nine goals or more. Zach Hyman and Ryan Nugent Hopkins each have nine. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. McDavid has 16 goals in 19 games, which puts him on, uh, you know, a Gretzky or Phil Esposito kind of a pace, while Leon Dreisaitl has 11 goals and 31 points in 19 games. These guys are darn good, and the Islanders have to be very much aware. Now, injuries are affecting the Oilers right now. Evander Kane out. Kayla Yamamoto out. Mike Smith on IR long-term. Oscar Kleffbaum on IR. Here are the line combinations for this very fast, very talented Oilers team, and the Islanders have got to be better positionally on defense to slow them down. Top line, Zach Hyman is the right wing. Matthias Janmark is the left wing, and of course, Connor McDavid is the center. Seidel centers the second line with Nugent Hopkins and uh, Warren Fogle on either side of him. Ryan McLeod, uh, Clem, Costin, and Jesse uh, Pulaviari are the third line. Brad Malone centers the fourth line. Dylan Holloway to his left, Derek Ryan to his right. Darnell Nurse and Cody Ceci make a very talented top defensive pair. Brett Kulak and Evan Bouchard are the middle pair. Ryan Murray and Tyson Barry are the third pair. Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell are the goalies. I expect we will see Campbell uh, in this game, probably against Ilya Sorokin. Islanders need to buckle down defensively. Cannot let this team have space and time. Their speed will kill you. And the Islanders have to be aware of that. If ever they needed to to play Islanders-style hockey, this is it. Can't take those foolish penalties. They have the second-best power play in the league, hitting it almost uh, a little more than 31%, 31.3. And, you know, the other thing is, here you have two situations where the Islanders are not a great goal-scoring team, although they have been productive. They're going up against a very vulnerable Edmonton Oilers defense, and then you have a very talented Edmonton Oilers offense going up against a very good goaltender in Ilya Sorokin and a very good defensive team in the Islanders, but they will, they, they're going to need Sorokin to play well, but they can't rely exclusively on Sorokin to bail them out time and time again. It's going to be a challenge for this team, and let's hope that Lane, Lambert, and company are equal to that challenge we have got more to get to on today's show we've got our islanders birthday of the day an enforcer who was with the islanders in the late 2000s and we've got some final thoughts about tonight's game as well all that and more still to come on this episode of the locked on islanders podcast time now for our islanders birthday of the day and uh, we're a day early, but Thanksgiving Day in the United States is going to be the 42nd birthday of former Islanders forward Mitch Fritz. Fritz, undrafted, big guy, six foot seven, 242 pounds, uh, native native of Osayus, British Columbia. I hope I came close to pronouncing that right. Uh, joined the Islanders organization for 2007, uh, for 2008-2009 and played 20 games for the Islanders that year, had no points and 42 penalty minutes, and that was his entire NHL career. 20 games, no points, 42 penalty minutes, and he was a minus four. Fritz was the kind of guy who was fairly one-dimensional as a player uh, you know he wasn't the best skater. He had a decent shot, but needed a little more time than most NHL players get to get that shot off. And realistically, uh, he was an enforcer for first and foremost. We go back and look at one of the games he had a big impact on for the Islanders, November twenty-second, two thousand eight, at the HSBC Arena in Buffalo. Joey McDonald, the Islanders goalie, Patrick Lalim, in goal for Buffalo. Islanders get on the board first. Andy Hilbert, his fifth, from Trent Hunter and Josh Bailey at 14:20. That made it 1-0 Isles, but Mark Mencari ties the game for Buffalo with one minute and one second left in the opening period. Paul Gausted and Daniel Pae with the assist. In the second, the Islanders power play goes to work. Tony Lidman off for hooking. And John Sim, seven seconds into the man advantage, gets his fifth. Mark Streit and Chris Campoli, the assists, 741, the time of the goal. Two to one Islanders after two periods. Then Bill Guerin extends the Islanders lead in the third, his seventh. Andy Hilbert and Doug Waite with the assists. Derek Roy makes it a one-goal game. Again, his fourth. Uh, Andre Sakara and Yaroslav Spacek with the assists. And then an empty netter by Mark Streit, his second of the game, uh, excuse me, his fifth of the year. Doug Weight the only assist. Time of the goal 1958, and the Islanders win it by a score of four to two for Mitch Fritz. He ends up with a two-minute unsportsmanlike conduct penalty and a five-minute fighting major, dropping the gloves with Andrew Peters late in the first period, just after the Islanders had taken a 1-0 lead. Fritz, in this game, had the seven penalty minutes and was on the ice for two minutes and 16 seconds, playing four shifts for the Islanders. So again, a very happy 42nd birthday. Thursday is the actual day. To former Islanders enforcer Mitch Fritz, he is our Islanders birthday of the day. You know, I I was thinking about today's game, tonight's game. First of all, your first home game after a four-game road trip. That's always welcome. Second of all, a a challenge to go up against some of the best, most talented, and as a hockey fan, most fun players to watch when you start talking about going up against your dry and your McDavid's. Here is the thing that Lane Lambert has to do. He must challenge this team to play the kind of defense that this Islanders club has been known for really since Barry Trotz and Lou Amorello and, yes, Lane Lambert, who was an assistant under Trotz, came over here. You got to play that defensive stifling style and don't be afraid to put pucks on the net because I I can tell you right now... And it was encouraging to see some of the players like your uh, Bavilliers and your Barzals to shoot the puck more. But Jack Campbell, who is the likely goalie, his confidence is not exceptionally high right now. And the Islanders need to get on the board soon and take advantage. And also, please, please, please stay out of the penalty box because that will hurt this game. Team That power play. You give Dreisaitl and McDavid and Nugent Hopkins more time and space like you have on the power play. You're asking for trouble. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It gives you the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please join us tomorrow. We will be back Yes, on Thanksgiving Day, we will have an episode. I'll have our key takeaways from the Edmonton game. And we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that uh, Islander fans have to be thankful for. And please feel free email, contact me on Twitter, comment on YouTube. I'll share some of the ones that you give to us as far as what you're uh, thankful for as an Islander fan. And uh, it'd be great to hear from you. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.